Hello and welcome to today's VJ Hemonc podcast. We are a global open access video journal bringing you the latest in hematological oncology. In today's podcast, you'll hear from leading experts who discuss the importance of measurable residual disease in multiple myeloma and how MRD may be used in clinical practice. First, Meryl Bexach comments on the use of MRD to measure depth of response and guide discontinuation of therapy. Well, MRD has been a point of research for a long time and it started first with leukemia and now in myeloma it is more uh, well established. Uh, earlier, the reason why MRD became important was because of the endpoint of clinical trials for progression-free survival and overall survival would take a much longer time since the control arms were doing very well compared to earlier times. So we needed a measurement of depth of response and MRD provided this purpose very well. But uh, nowadays the issue is that the depth of uh, MRD is evolving and earlier it was minus on 10 over 5 and now it is uh, over 6 and even people are talking about uh, on an even more sensitive level and uh, so the, the Spanish group has now uh, adopted and also the Chicago group have adopted uh, approaches where you can measure MRD not only in the marrow but also in the peripheral blood using uh, plasma cell concentration so at a two-step level of uh, increasing the depth of response so these are all uh, tools that will enable us and the time point where we will be able to stop treatment and uh, the um, working group of um, international myeloma working group has defined that we have to measure not for once but with intervals to show that it's a sustained MRD before stopping treatment but there is certainly the, uh, uh, a subgroup of patients such as those with high risk that we cannot at a time being trust on uh, MRD negativity as a time to stop treatment. Next, you will hear from Luciano Costa, who discusses how MRD may be used to guide treatment decisions in patients with multiple myeloma, drawing focus on using MRD status to guide maintenance therapy decisions. Minimal or measurable residual disease has really become a, a major, if not the main biomarker in myeloma, and particularly probably the main one when it comes to assess a, a treatment response. It has been very elegantly showed that MRD really matters more than any other more traditional assessment of response such as you know paraprotein levels or marrow plasma cell percentages assessed by morphology. So it's not a big stretch to think that uh, something that captures so well treatment response will have a major impact on how patients uh, do long time. And I think it's very intuitive in oncology in general, certainly in myeloma, that one would um, adapt therapy according to the needs of the patient. In other words, perhaps treat less intensively a patient who is, uh, has an exquisitely good response and being more um, uh, intensive on your uh, uh, therapy on patients who don't respond uh, very well. So I think the premise of uh, MRD is, is pretty intuitive. And I think uh, data supports that. Uh, clearly is a very strong prognosticator of progression for survival and overall survival. But also uh, several recent uh, you know, landmark trials have really uh, demonstrated that at a given time point, 
uh, patients who have become MRD negative tend to fare uh, far uh, better than patients who are MRD positive. So I think there are several circumstances where that is very appropriate. I think uh, one that I would always hi often highlight are patients who have completed proper induction therapy, have completed autologous transplant, and then we have to make a decision whether or not to use consolidation, whether or not to use maintenance, and what to do and what to use. And I think uh, data is pretty clear that uh, patients who are MRD positive after transplant don't fare well a uh, long time. So I think in that setting is uh, very um, um, appropriate to, for example, introduce a new class of agent that is active in that disease that the patient might not yet be exposed to. Uh, and I think a good example is CD38 monoclonal antibody. Um, yeah, that, and that's something that is probably more important even in patients who have biological high risk. Another uh, perhaps more controversial point is it comes to the use of uh, maintenance therapy. Although maintenance has really been a fixture in myeloma therapy for now over a decade, uh, we know it doesn't benefit everybody uh, equally. And I think with the improvements in upfront therapy, particularly with the adoption of quadruplets, uh, it has become clear uh, from, uh, certainly from the Cassiopeia trial in a, in a, a smaller scale on, on the MASTER trial, that patients who are not ultra high risk, who achieve and sustain margin negativity uh, for at least a, a year, they do exquisitely well uh, even in absence of maintenance therapy. So I think uh, uh, the, uh, there's very little to conquer in terms of reduction of progression. Um, when, um, you know, by introducing maintenance therapy, it would be very appropriate to, um, to, to omit it. Another point I think that comes very frequently on discussions with patients are a patient who has been on maintenance therapy uh, with enalidomide for a number of years, and the discussion comes up of whether or not to cease therapy since we don't know the optimal duration of it. And I think we learned uh, recently from the Myeloma 11 trial done in the UK that uh, the impact of maintenance is really modulated by the duration of therapy uh, with a decreasing impact over time and is strongly modulated by the MRD status at the onset of maintenance. So for those patients who are MRD negative, who have been on maintenance for uh, one or two years, I think it would be very appropriate uh, to uh, omit further maintenance, spare the patient from the toxicity, uh, and, and likely have a more responsive disease even when the progression does happen. Lastly, Bruno Paiva comments on the potential use of MRD as a surrogate marker in clinical trials to accelerate drug development and approvals, highlighting results from a recent study. You know that um, MRD has been traditionally viewed as a prognostic factor, and it is one of the most relevant prognostic factors in myeloma. More recently, it has also been investigated as a tool to guide on specific treatment decisions. And these investigations obviously taking place in clinical trials. But there is a third potential application of MRD that remained unexplored until now. That is its utility to accelerate drug development and the approval of new drugs and new regimens in the context of using MRD as a surrogate endpoint in clinical trials. Now this is a different 
how can I say, a different view of traditional MRD. It's not that MRD negative patients will do better than MRD positive patients, that is well established. It's not about the methods, the sensitivity, no. It's about predicting the effect on treatment in traditional endpoints such as progression-free and overall survival based on the effect of treatment in different MRD negative rates in randomized clinical trials. In other words, to predict what would be the outcome of a large and long clinical trial six or 12 months after the last patient was enrolled, anticipating the readout many, many years before the readout based on progression-free and overall survival. If we are able to show this, then a conditional approval based on MRD surrogacy could imply that drugs would be available to patients much, much faster. Now, this research about MRD surrogacy is taking place within the i squared team initiative that involves many different academic centers and even pharmaceutical companies as well that relies on the individual patient level data that is the real deal what we present here at EAJ is a simultaneous parallel analysis based on published data in where we looked for the correlation between different MRD negative rates and the hazard ratio in PFS on randomized clinical trials using flow and sequencing methods to monitor MRD. And the results look promising. It's not an ideal correlation, it's not a perfect correlation, but there is a significant correlation and I think that it is a value of around 0.6, 0.7, depending on the trials that you select and the inclusion criteria that makes us believe that the effort is worthy. We know it is because it would imply having drugs faster to the patients and that there are some chances that MRD can become a surrogate endpoint to be used in clinical trials. Thanks so much for listening to today's podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at VJ Hemonk and subscribe to VJ Hemonk podcasts on Spotify, Apple and Podbean. Until next time.